0: Podcast today. I'm so excited to have someone I have the opportunity to work with. Rudy AP Beaching is going to be joining me today. Rudy was born in Mississippi but he got to Texas as fast as he could at six months old. So we'll say he's a Texan. He did attend Baylor University and he also has a graduate degree in commercial banking from SMU here in Dallas. Uh, He is a board member of Norris Home for transplant patients and their families. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. And just a pleasure to have the opportunity to work with someone of Rudy's caliber. So welcome Rudy to my podcast.
1: Thank you, Lavonda. It's it's a treat to get to be able to join you today.
0: So what I'd like to do, Rudy, is talk a little bit about, you know, you joined the bank when we had our acquisition with, with Green. And quite frankly, just been really felt very lucky to get someone of your caliber to work with and join our team. I think you're, I know that for me personally, um, Your are joining our team has really lifted our team in, in ways that I didn't know we could do so tell us a little bit about what you do for the bank
1: well I'm blessed I get to wear a couple of different hats at Veritex and it was a treat for me to be able to find a position after the merger um, you know you and I shared the same title going into the merger and right. uh, and there was one. I was wondering if you know where that would leave me. And as you and I talked and began exploring th- things, uh, we found meaningful work for me to do, which is always right. kind of a goal. Yeah. Um, my primary job is a retail director. I work with the branch teams. I have four great leaders: uh, Kelly Diamond. Uh, uh, Rihanna Bright, Ralph Adams, and Kim Jones in our branch operations area. We consider them front and back office as one big team, and we work well together to serve our clients, and we we believe we own the customer experience, so we're trying to make that as good as it can be when a customer comes to Veritex. I get to play with facilities. Um, I work with HPI, our facilities partner, and even better, I get to work with our best cheerleader at Veritex Bank, Mark Walshauer. He is the best cheerleader ever. (laughs) Um, Learning and development rolls up through my organization. Garth Edwards and Michelle (laughs) Primera do a great job working with all of our partners in the bank, uh, helping design training opportunities for them and uh, working on diff- miscellaneous projects, and then kind of under other duties as assigned. Uh, I, you know, under I, I like to think Rudy will eat anything. Um, we have a couple of projects in the bank. <laughs> We're looking at digital transformation, uh, in, in looking at where does digital make sense for us as a bank, and then right. we have a uh, CRM initiative that's an enterprise-wise enterprise-wide project. I'm real excited, really involved with that, and uh, yep. so I you know, I, I get to do a lot of good things and work with a lot of great people.
0: Yeah, you do, and, and I, I know that part of that is that fulfillment of the job is not just because it's one thing, it's that you get to put your hand on several and influence how the bank is directed, so I know that that's an important role for you. and That's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today, uh, that I picked and I said, hey, look, let's get Rudy in here. Well, I want to talk about his his story because for me, it's, it's a very personal story of, you know, what others might seem like un, unsurmountable odds uh, and a lot of uh, things that happened in your family and with you personally and how you continued on with your story and what what happened? How did you remain strong? So I wanted you to give a really, you know, tell us a little bit about your story, and then I want to talk a little bit about how you have grown from it, and really what drives you today because of it. So if you don't mind, just give us a little bit of background.
1: I guess I have to I have to prep your listeners with a, a disclosure that I'm probably the good Lord's most remedial learner when it comes <laughs> to having purpose in life. Um, it took two major life events for me to alter my perspective and see how my career properly fits into this picture of life for me. Um, the first, right. the first it impacts a lot of us and impacts a lot of our team today. Um, I, I can't stand it, to be honest with you. It wasn't supposed to happen to me, but you know the, the issue of divorce was a part of my life, and right. that w- with a child. Uh, really struck me as, man, I don't have all the answers. Something went wrong here, and and I'm uh, and now I have this young person who's impacted by that, and it really, really got me to thinking of initially, maybe there's another it's, uh, attitude I need to have, and right. So I went through life a little further. I remarried, and uh, and Lisa and I had a beautiful young daughter named Sierra, who is the ribbon that ties our blended family together, and yep. uh, just an incredible life force, and you, you I know you've met her, and um, at one year of age, Sierra presented with a very unusual health issue, uh, an, an issue that only impacts about 2,800 kids worldwide. And um, through that journey that lasted 12 years, we found ourselves spending 120 nights a year in the hospital. She's been through 46 surgeries, uh, endless blood draws and needle sticks. And somewhere in the middle of that journey, my wife, Lisa, was also diagnosed with lymphoma. So if anyone out there needs help on how to manipulate healthcare, I am the man. <laughs> you may
0: be the man.
1: <laughs> um, and so that I reached a point, honestly, where um, I knew I didn't have all the answers, but I believed I knew who did, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I'd always I went to Baylor, so obviously I have a Christian listening in my life, and I'd always right. believed I had that as a part of my life. And what I found out was I was playing at it; I wasn't really serious about it. Right. And so um, I turned to him, and I allowed that daily walk, uh, which I continue to this day every morning. Uh, of just really confessing what I was fearing, confessing what I felt, anger, uh, all of that. And uh, and he began to create a change in me out of all of this. All right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where it left me with purpose in my career, which is uh, where we started the conversation, is um, I, I don't, honestly, I don't find purpose from my career but my career is a f- reflection of my purpose and I love that and my uh, my purpose as it relates to my career is to run the race as if to win every day um, right. to honor God and to honor my employer and its shareholders give them my very mm-hmm. best effort and to honor my family and keep the commitments to them that I've made. So, <clears throat> uh, all of that Thank comes you, out, out of my, out of my purpose, which, as it, uh, I mentioned, is primarily to honor God.
0: Obviously, by the way, you know you speak, and I can hear in your tone, and and I get the the pleasure of seeing you that is uh, authentic and true to who you are. And listen, authenticity is about is purpose right and I'm so pleased to get to share that with our listeners about you know your authentic self and how your walk with God changed you but also how it it helps you be who you are today and how you um talk with your 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 employees your your family the people that you come across and so those experiences that you're telling about have made you whole And I I want to thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I do think it's really important that people talk about, you know, you said where I was and where I went, and that life is about experiences, right? None of us start, some of us always don't start well and we end better, and some of us start better and don't end so well. If you had, you know, knowing all you know about what you're doing today. What advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? How would you help your 25-year-old self? And I I wish we could go back, but I think that's important for people to know through experience. So what advice would you
1: give us, Rudy? Well, there's no doubt the experience has changed me. I've told Sierra that I can't imagine being the man I am today uh, without having come through that journey with her. And, I had, early on in my career, I was all about self-promotion and self-preservation. That's what I was at. Right. You know, give me more money, give me more title. That's what I want. And, uh, and today, uh, uh, my approach is more from that servant leadership perspective that we talk about. Mm-hmm. And so when right. I talk to young people about what they should focus on, I generally come down to two major points. The first one, as it relates to your professional career, look at it with three questions in mind. First, you've got this 30 to 40 year journey you're about to step onto. Where do you want to end? You know, and here, here is where I, I want to give you permission to dream. You know, right. get along with yourself, paint that picture in your mind, and establish where you want to go. Now, near term, over the next 12 months, question two becomes, how is where you're at in your career today, in my case, Veritex Bank, how does that fit, this next 12 months, fit that journey of where I want to end at the end of my career? And Mm -hmm. the third question, which is the hardest, and sometimes I get tears in response to this, is what must you stop doing today that is undermining the whole thing? Wow. You've got, you must figure that out. And all of us have bad habits or things that crawl into our day that are distractions that undermine, you've got to be able to identify those and move them aside. Yeah. The second thing that I would say and have said like to our interns this summer. Right. Mm -hmm. is um whatever job you're given stay present to it and do it really well focus yes you want to get to the next position we all understand that but if you come in with a a great attitude and you do the work we've given within the title we've given you it's going to get noticed yeah and you're going to go places in veritex bank and if you're gifted and talented that's going to happen really rapidly if, right. you need a, if you need a little extra time and you're trying real hard, we're going to give it to you because yeah. you're, you're putting in the work. We just need to work on a few things. And so if you do that, I promise someone will notice and you're going to be taking up the organizational chart um, as you should in our organization for, for good work.
0: I think that's great advice. I think... Probably not even twenty-five-year-olds need to hear that. Sometimes, I mean, even even this us people who've been around sometimes need to hear <laughs> that as well. I think one of the things I like about that the most, Rudy, that I that I heard, and I actually my previous podcast with Darlene Ellison, she kind of said the same thing. It's who you work for is as important as what you do because you got to have some connection, right? So, you know, if you're looking for um, Uh, a way for you to be successful, what are you really looking for? If it's about, you know, certain things, if money just drives you or just position drives you, you need to find a place where that is what happens, right? But if a work-life balance or whatever happens, you need to find that place too. So I, I think what's encouraging for you to hear you say is that Find what drives you. And I think most people, if they can figure that really out, they can find a purpose of where they work and what they do in their life. And I, I think those things are really important. Tell me what, tell me, because you're saying that and what I hear is how you approach leadership because you're in a leadership role. You, your influence of others is as apparent by your, you know, title and what you do. So tell me a little bit about what you look at for leadership. How does leadership affect you, and how do you model that behavior?
1: Well, I and the old Rudy was all about tell, 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 tell. You do this, you do that. You, mm-hmm. do, it, you do it because I tell you to do it. All that stuff. Right. And that's
0: that's not. <laughs> My leadership. mom said so.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's not leadership. Um, to me, leadership. Uh, I we use the term in our organization here, as you know, of servant leadership. Right. I really I believe in that, and I believe that part of serving them is being willing to confront them when it isn't working right. And right. I, I talked to our team about you got to love them enough to let them know that they're what they're doing isn't acceptable, and you got to love them enough to spot when they're doing something well to get in there and tell them it's it's great and encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I look at leadership in that fashion, clear expectations, good feedback on how you're doing, and then a great listening on where do you want to go next, what is it you're interested in, what are, your, what, what are the headwinds that you're facing what did I need to do better uh, to be a, a leader of our organization? And I've gotten mm-hmm. great feedback from our branch managers lately with that question as I do my one-on-one discussions with them. I've added right. that question this round of what does Rudy need to do to be better?
0: And That's, that's hard to hear sometimes. Good to hear. But I think that's, it's hard to hear, right? I mean, I don't think we should be remiss in that, but they're not going to tell you what they really think unless they trust you. And I really think trust is leadership, that you love me enough to tell me the truth, but you also love me enough to tell me when I'm doing great. And that's all about trust. And for us at Veritex Bank, Truth in Texas, it's about trust. We trust each other that we're giving, you know, type of feedback. And I think when you can do that and something you, every all of us work on it every day and we're not all perfect at it but that's when you can really receive the feedback that you need and you can give the feedback you need to give. Would you agree?
1: Oh, I would agree wholeheartedly. And I think trust comes from a generous listening to people and, and Mm -hmm. then validating what you've heard to, to prove that you're listening. You know, there's nothing worse to me than, someone who's drifting on you when you're trying to tell them something, uh, which in my case, I understand because I'm, I'm a bit of a storyteller, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think trust truth are foundational for, uh, yeah. having those great relationships and, and we're blessed. That's a part of who we are.
0: Well, I'm interested in that big reason I want to talk with you today is that I'm not so sure trust could have always been there because you were dealt some uh, some pretty good blows personally in your life that if you didn't trust, you know, God, you didn't trust leadership, you didn't trust the people you worked with and for, it may not have happened so well. So you had, you know, you had that trust along with you. And I think that was really part of that, you know, that you had to build up to get somewhere. And, and when you talk about advice to a 25-year-old, Trust is a big part of that, mm-hmm. and uh, I appreciate you saying that about it. Um, I want to take a minute, minute break. I do have something we, we want to play for Nora's Home uh, since Sierra did have something you were really involved with. You want to give me just a tidbit mm-hmm. on Nora's Home?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, Nora's Home, uh, the funny story about Nora's, uh, I was uh, working in Houston at the time, and their director contacted me, they were really trying to raise some funds for or Nora's home for us to support an event. So we met right. for coffee and she starts I mean, all in about uh Nora's home. It's a home for transplant patients during pre-op and post operative care and that sort of thing. And I'm just smiling and she finally stops and says, Well why are you smiling? And I said, Because my daughter's a liver transplant kid. So I know all about transplant. I've lived in Ronald McDonald House. I know what that
0: feels like.
1: And right. uh, it's a beautiful place. Uh, Nora's home was inspired by a young girl, uh, Nora Gaber, who lost her life, unfortunately, at a very young age in an auto accident. But her, she was always so caring of other people and right. um, was always concerned that they'd be well taken care of. Her father's a transplant surgeon, and that's part of the. When you're in, in the transplant community, you get to know each other uh, pretty quickly. And they came to me and they wanted to do a Ronald McDonald type home, but really limit it to just transplantation. Not Ronald right. McDonald is right. fantastic, but they they do cancer. They you know they have all kinds of of kids staying there, which is great. Uh, Nora really wanted to focus in on transplantation, which is near to my heart. And so, uh, uh, Sierra was named their first Sunflower Girl award recipient. Um, And she did a hip hop dance routine at the event and brought down the house, dad would say, (laughs) brought down the house. Um, and, uh, And then I was asked to join the board, which I did joyfully. Um, it's, uh, Nor's Home's a special place where people come not only to heal from their wounds, but there's a cathartic experience that takes place of just sharing with others who's going through what you're going through. And, right. uh, healing takes place, place emotionally as much as physically.
0: That's awesome. That's a wonderful event. And, and we've been, we've been thrilled to be able to help be a partner with Norris home since i I know he was, but prior to Veritex but with Veritex as well it's one of our greatest joys that we get to help a little bit with that as well. Nora's Home is Houston's haven for organ transplant patients and their families, welcoming guests at every stage of their journey. Located adjacent to the Texas Medical Center, our 32 rooms were built with the specific needs of transplant patients in mind, so guests can focus on the transformative task of healing in a loving, home-like environment. No guest is ever turned away from Nora's Home because of an inability to pay. Learn more at www.norashome.org. That's www.norashome.org. Come stay with us. We're back. Uh, Rudy, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed just talking to you about, you know, your life and what you've done and, you know, really what you've seen personally and the, and the growth you've seen from it and how it's affected you. Uh, not only your approach in banking and what you're doing, but I'm really wanting to know what about outside of banking? What would you do if you were not in this industry? And, and I want to know a little bit about that because that's always, that's always fun to know.
1: Well, uh, I am my sports nut i mean i i love the dallas cowboys i, I love the dallas mavericks you know uh, <laughs> i i just and i i look at professional sports from the business side i love studying the business of it contracts etc i once interviewed with pat Willie pat williams the owner founding owner and senior vice president of the orlando magic and oh wow I, I was going into pro sports. I wanted to be a part of stadium management, all this stuff. And uh, Mr. Williams was very gracious and was listening. And finally, he paused and said, Rudy, one moment. At the end of the day, sports is an entertainment business. And it's who you know, not what you know. And you don't know anybody. So... (laughs) That was the end of my sports career, and and I, you know, I had a, I had a young family at the time, and I needed work, so I couldn't. I, sleep. <laughs> I couldn't sleep in the car and try to convince him otherwise. So, right, um, right. I had to put my pro sports executive pro sports career on hold. But I've always had a dream of that would be what I would be if I wasn't in banking.
0: Well, that's awesome. I also know that just a little bit about you. I know you're a, a very big Cowboys fan as well, but I also know that um, your son uh, is, does a lot of rodeo, and, and your daughter-in-law is, um, is a graduate of TCU right down the street, So, and they're living in Colorado now. But tell us a little bit about your rodeo life. Yeah, so I'm the odd duck in our family. I'm the only one who doesn't ride a horse.
1: Um, <laughs> they, uh, my wife's family all rodeo. And uh, as a result, my son got exposed to it. And he's a professional team roper now and uh, seems to be doing, he's on a junior circuit. He seems to be doing pretty good. Um, He's made national finals for the National Team Roping Association three years in a row. Has actually qualified again this year. And uh, yes, he did marry a magna cum laude. Uh, nursing student from TCU who went on a full ride horse reining scholarship so she competed for the Big 12 in equestrian events um, all four years of her schooling so they they are I did ask them if there was going to be like an education difference because Derek chose not to go to college and, yeah. you know, Katie reads books and Derek uses them for doorstops. So <laughs> was that going to be a problem? And they assured me they had already talked about that. And uh, it has not been a problem. Their their marriage is beautiful. And they're both doing great things with their horse careers and their nursing careers. So I'm really proud of them.
0: That's awesome. Well, it was really nice to get a chance to talk with you today. I've, I've always been inspired by others who have had some I'm going to call some curveballs thrown at them throughout their life. And life is always not that path they thought they were going to have and what they do with it. Because I think that's the lesson for today is that you don't know. You can have a plan, but your life throws curveballs. And just to be ready for that and to be willing to accept it because you never know what other blessings they may give you. So thank you, Rudy, from the bottom of my heart for taking a few minutes to speak with us today about your journey uh, and about how you look at life. And I think it's inspiring to all. So thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. It was a pleasure.